All right. On today's podcast, I had the pleasure of interviewing Tom Palladino, who is a scalar energy wave expert and practitioner. And I just want to say, this is probably the most esoteric topic that we've done on the podcast. It aligns with a lot of the electromagnetism that we talk about and the key takeaways for you as a listener to incorporate into your lifestyle are actually all the same. But the scalar wave energy technology certainly gets very woo-woo. I'm still a little skeptical, but I appreciate Tom shedding this perspective. And this goes back to Nikola Tesla. And it aligns very well with the fact that our government could be very much likely suppressing technologies and information from the general public. Because at the end of the day, if we had free energy that was abundant or figured out how to do so, nobody would be making any money off this. So I'm really curious to hear your perspective on this. Leave a comment, shoot me a message, shoot us an email at decentralizedradio at gmail.com and let us know what you think. This is a controversial topic, so I'm excited to get some feedback from you guys. Enjoy. This is Decentralized Radio. I'm Tristan. And I'm Ryan. The goal of this podcast is to help educate you on how to live your most optimal life. We will host industry expert guests to shed light on topics that matter. We are not gurus, rather two individuals who have had to pave their own path to health and vitality, independent of the centralized systems that plague modern society. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Decentralized Radio. Today, we have Tom Palladino on the line. Tom, how's it going? How are you? Doing? I am well. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So Tom is practicing scalar wave technology, and this is something perhaps you've heard about uh, as a listener, perhaps not. It kind of ties into a lot of the electromagnetic discussions that we've had, but takes it to another level and even more so in terms of the woo-woo, I guess, space that you want to call it, which we've already gone that way. But something that people have mentioned to me being in the you know health practitioner space as a cool modality, something that I've heard of, something that I've researched a bit, but I'm, of course, cautioning with, with skepticism. So Tom is here to educate us and enlighten us on all things scalar. Um, so I guess, Tom, how did you, maybe the backstory to start with, um, you know, how did you kind of end up arriving at scalar wave technology or being interested in more so the electromagnetic, the electrical side of health, because this is already a very esoteric space to begin with. It's God's doing. And why do I say that? Well, this is not taught at the university level. So you have to teach yourself. You have to be able to pick up on this and um, experiment and, and really find the right way to go about this and develop theories and and amplify those theories until you can, in practice, work with an instrument. Long story short, it's been a long, hard journey. God has helped me every step of the way, but it is groundbreaking research. To underscore that, this is this is new, out of the box, brand new research. So it's going to take the world to, some time to engross, to to appreciate this, and then expand upon this. 
So is this something that you've been practicing for, you know, five years, 10 years? When did you stumble upon Scalar? When have, when has there even been technology, I guess, available to, to use it? Like, I guess we can get in the backstory of like Tesla and everything, but maybe so for, for your specific situation. Yeah. With, with, it started with Nikola Tesla. He was the first scientist to harness scalar energy. Later in his life, Tesla was working with free energy, the energy of the stars. He built a tower in Colorado Springs and another tower in Long Island. And what was peculiar about those installations, there was no power plant. He simply accessed the energy of the cosmos. They were free energy towers. So that started in Colorado Springs in 1899. I always had an appreciation of Tesla when I was growing up. And I wanted to make this a career, and I've done so. And now at age 63, I think I know something about this. And I think my discoveries can help the world. Got it. Well, you look pretty good for 63, so you might be doing something right, um, huh. which which is good. But, yeah, it's fascinating. I think, you know, Nikola Tesla was really on the hundreds of years before his time, and he invented the AC grid, which – and a whole slew of other things which people could debate whether that was good, bad, but obviously at the time is it's groundbreaking. And yeah, I guess fundamentally this all coincides with the fact that we are, you know, beings of of electrical nature, of electromagnetism and, and scalar still plays into that. We have quantum coherence. How do you how did you realize that this was kind of the crux of what matters in terms of health was energy flow at the quantum level, not biochemistry, yeah. not the standard approach? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Energy is fundamental. Western medicine is not fundamental. Energy, light is fundamental. Drugs, surgery are not fundamental. If you go back to the root cause if you go back to the cause, then you can address health and other aspects of nature in a consummate fashion. This instrument behind me is a scalar energy instrument. It's energy, light, which is fundamental. To solve a problem, why not use light energy, which is the fundamental cause? What light brings into existence, nature. Why not go back to the cause? That's the key to my research. I have nothing against other types of modality, other types of transportation, energy instruments, etc. For me, I always want to go to the first cause, which is light, energy. Yeah, and, and we've talked about that on this podcast, about how our biology is fundamentally designed to work with light to produce energy. And, and I talk about this, you know, if you have a system that's outputting low energy, you know, the inputs is what you need to get back to. And one yes. of those main inputs is, is light more than what people think, more than food, uh, which is just captured light energy. Right? Yes. So, Very good. Yeah. So, so we've talked a lot about this, and that's why I think this would be, you know, a good fit here. But I guess, you know, fundamentally, what is a scalar wave? Mm -hmm. Because electromagnetic waves are made of photons, right? And that's what people know is, is kind of light energy. It travels at the speed of light. Correct. But from my understanding, scalar is something different. I mean, the 
the definition of scalar means magnitude with no direction. And then Correct. from my research, it's faster than the speed of light, which is, you know, incomprehensible to most. So if you could lay it out exactly mm -hmm. what scalar waves actually are from maybe the physics perspective, what makes them different from electromagnetic waves, that would be uh, fantastic. Sure. Well, because the origin of scalar energy is, is from the sun and the stars. Scalar energy is what powers the sun, the stars. This is why our sun, the stars, never lose energy, never lose light. This is what gives life to the universe. Now, it's my contention. Scalar energy does not experience entropy. And that's why the stars, the sun, are always with us. They never burn out. They go through cycles, but we always have energy, light, from the sun and the stars. Scalar energy is the first energy that's produced. And then a derivative of that is electricity and magnetism. So simply stated, electricity and magnetism is the inferior derivative energy of scalar energy. So scalar is kind of all-encompassing or yes. the first level, is that yes. what you're saying? Yes, it's the upper tier. It's, it's, it's the primary energy. And then it steps down into electricity and magnetism. So electricity and magnetism, per se, are not fundamental. And they cannot be. Because they experience entropy. If you want something that is long-standing, something that is eternal, you need an eternal energy. Electricity and magnetism experience entropy. It cannot be the driving force, the animating force behind the universe. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening. If you really enjoy this podcast, it would be really appreciated if you left us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or subscribe to our content on YouTube. This helps us get to a larger reach and a larger audience to spread this wonderful free education. So with this thought, because I guess the, the traditional school of thought, and I've recently watched some videos on, on entropy um, that are pretty fascinating. And if you can't conceptualize that, um, I think that's important because what people explain entropy as is that there is this kind of slow um, increase in entropy over time and that inevitably this universe will all, you know, consume itself really. Yes. Um, and, it, and it won't exist and the stars will all burn out and that will be that. So is, is that not true then? Is, is scalar <laughs> holding everything up fundamentally as a source of energy that, that isn't susceptible to entropy in this way? Exactly. And that's why we have a longstanding universe. That's why we have a perpetual universe. They put it to you this way. If the sun, was composed of electromagnetic energy, sooner or later, you run out of that power source. Right? After Some people say thousands of years, some people say millions of years. The point is this. I believe scalar energy is directly from God, and hence it's an unlimited source of energy. Now, if that's the case, then we have a universe that will never decay, that will never experience entropy. So this gives rise to the notion of the creation of the, of the universe. Um, nonetheless, let's just keep it on this level. This instrument behind me is a scalar energy instrument. I observe with this instrument characteristics that I do not observe with electricity. There are laws that I've observed with this instrument behind me that are not indicative of electromagnetic behavior. So there's two dimensions, there's two paradigms. I prefer the scalar energy paradigm as opposed to the electromagnetic paradigm for many reasons, 
one of the primary reasons is scatter energy is primary energy. It's fundamental energy. Electricity is a, a subset, a derivative. Okay. So it's it's a fundamentally just entirely different perspective from yes. the yes. philosophical state of the universe, I guess you yes. could say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and another aspect, scatter energy is non-physical. Behind me, this is the scatter energy instrument. I don't rely upon protons and electrons. There are no physical matter. This is massless. This, mm-hmm. this instrument is so strong it's operating right now. It operates like it's a miniature sun. If I hold a light bulb close to it, it will illuminate under the influence. So this is the ambient energy coming off my Tesla coil, this scatter energy instrument. It, this is, again, a demonstration of scatter energy, not electricity. And once we realize that there's two energies, we'll make great advances. So if you were to read, like you were to take an EMF meter and there, there would not be like an electric field. Because I think fundamentally that what you just showed there is pretty cool because you could technically do a similar thing with a very high powered electric field source. And I think people don't, they have a misconception about how electricity works in general and that it actually can be wireless even on the electromagnetic spectrum um, through electric field uh, conduction. But if you were to hold an EMF meter up there and measure an electric field, there would be not no substantial reading. Like it wouldn't get stronger as you go closer to the in- instrument. No, that's that's correct. So when I work with this instrument, I work with people around the world. Now, keep in mind, this is not electricity. I work through photographs. This is my photograph. If I wanted to send myself energy, I could do so through my photograph. So we're not working in the biological sense. We're working quantum or we're working with consciousness. It's an information system that is massless once again. So what's the point? I don't have to worry about any physical barrier. This instrument, this energy passes through matter. Why? It's massless. So pure spirit, pure consciousness can pass through anywhere, any physical surface surface it can pass through the universe instantaneously because it's massless yes now that's interesting as well because again learning about just the quantum side of things in general we know that the lighter an object is or in mass the more light it can carry so hydrogen h plus um is the energy carrier of the universe in this world um which still kind of coincides with what you're saying. So then you're saying the next level is a, is a massless energy, um, and, and that's why it's able to penetrate and um, yeah. kind of be abundant yeah. in all. That, that's correct. I'm going to demonstrate to yeah, the audience. Yeah. This is a wooden board. It's a culinary board. It's a chopping board. And if I place that chopping board in front of the Tesla coil, there's so much energy coming through the Tesla coil that it passes through the wooden board to the point that it can illuminate a light bulb in my hand. The wooden board does not present a physical barrier. So what's the point? Even a wooden board cannot stop the penetration of this massless energy. So that's another indication that I'm working with pure spirit energy that's non-physical. That's interesting as well. 
Um, yeah, you typically only see that maybe from like very, very strong like gamma rays or yes. other things like that yeah. Um, yeah. that can penetrate pretty much any any type of surface. Um, so let's see. They're not made up of anything then. They're massless compared to electric ma- electromagnetic waves are, are made up of photons. So do you still call that light or do you just call I, it? I call it light, scalar light or scalar energy. Okay. And why? Light is fundamental. Once we think along these terms, and you have to look at the first cause of the universe, the first cause is light or intelligence or what some people call plasma. And that's the intelligence. That's the animating force that starts getting everything rolling. Well, then Tessa considered ether some type of medium, and I consider ether also. But all you need is light and ether, and you can build a universe. Okay. Yeah. And that, and that makes sense. So I guess then how is our biology supposed to interact with scalar energy? Is this something that's around us all the time from the sun? And is this something that, you know, is affecting, say, you're talking about quantum coherence, you know, quantum coherence of like water that's communicating in ourselves. If this is all around us, do we even need food or how, how is this interaction working with our biology on a daily basis. Okay. Let me demonstrate. Again, if I'm using my photograph, I'm going to show another light bulb. If I take this light bulb, it's in its factory packaging, it can illuminate. Now, when I place my photograph or anybody's photograph close to the instrument, there's a download, a chakra balancing, or a brainwave balancing. So everything is information, whether it's my photograph or the photograph of 20, 30 people, I can download quantum energy into a person, massless energy. What does that do? It illuminates the mind. If I can illuminate a light bulb, I can illuminate my mind. I can illuminate my seven chakras. So what is the upshot? After the chakra balancing, people say they're calmer. Some people say the chakra balancing can uh, eliminate a a dependency on drugs or, or alcohol. Others say that they have a very deep dream state, that their dreams are uninterrupted or very vivid dreams. Now, how does that happen through a photograph? Through quantum entanglement, through consciousness, Mm -hmm. through information. My photograph is my bilocated version. To be clear, nobody comes to my laboratory. People only email me photographs. Why? A photograph is your body double, your spirit double. A photograph has your signature. You don't need to come to my office. You don't need to come to my laboratory. This is your bilocated version. It works just as if you were here in person. Meaning what? In the quantum realm, you can be in two places at once. You bilocate to my laboratory. So you're talking about (laughs) quantum entanglement, which... And fundamentally, that's getting down... It is at the, you know, subatomic particle level, right? The spin of the electrons to the protons. But you're saying that this energy interacts with that um, in order to, I guess, interact with our biology. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard the term quantum entanglement. And and some people have, physicists have observed that two entities, two physical uh, bodies that once were joined together even if they're separated by thousands or millions of miles, 
they still communicate instantaneously. How's that possible? It's scalar energy communication. So my photograph represents me. It communicates with my scalar field, with my quantum field. My predecessor, a man by the name of Galen Hieronymus, used photographs of the Apollo 11 astronauts, and he monitored the astronauts while they are on the moon by way of their photograph. So distance does not matter. Yeah, and if you're you're skeptical, you can actually look that up. That has been like a proven scientific um, experiment um, in terms of quantum entanglement. So it, it is really fascinating. That's why I'm open to these sort of conversations because we we really don't know. So I guess getting into the instrumentation, you know, what what is a, a Tesla coil? Like, how do we man manage to engineer something that can actually produce this as yeah. opposed to just observing it from the sun on a daily yeah. basis. To, to give your audience a view, this is the uh, part of my laboratory. That's part of the, the instrument that I'm using. <clears throat> so that's the scatter energy instrument. It does not have any operating moving parts. And then the energy is concentrated in these coils. So what's the point? This is, these are custom-built instruments. I believe my work is unique because of that, on account of that fact. Now, what's the point here? I have to demonstrate to the world that this works. If this is a new science, what do you do? You have to demonstrate that this works to people. There has to be some type of a proof, some type of performance. That's why I ask people, send me your photograph, email me your photographs, and what I'll do, I'll perform certain functions. Here's one function in particular. When I match up, now remember, everything is information. When I match up my photograph to a photograph of a virus, the information for Epstein-Barr communicates with my photograph. The two photographs communicate. This is quantum entanglement. This is quantum communication. And in so doing, if I had in my quantum field Epstein-Barr, that signature would find Epstein-Barr and bring it to a state of chaos. So I'm able to take a photograph of a microbe, identify the microbe in me in my quantum field, negate its intelligence, negate its quantum field, and Epstein-Barr ceases to exist. That's one of the functions that I observe with my instrument. Would, is it always like a positive, you can negate it, or it could, always, you, it in, always, could you induce <laughs> Epstein-Barr virus on someone if you held like a photograph? I'm just yeah. To answer your question, I don't know how to create life. Uh, um, to the point where I can negate, I can break down the molecular bonds of a micro, but I can't create DNA. Okay. So I guess in general, you know, I just doing an experiment here, Tesla coils, if you just do a random, you know, Google search, it's, it's just talking about um, using AC voltage to, um, to generate you know, a large amount of electricity. So you're saying this is not really the case. Um, yeah, 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 I. you can use a Tesla coil to amplify an electromagnetic wave. I use a Tesla coil to amplify a scalar wave. <clears throat> and Tesla coils have many uh, functions. It, the key to my research is I'm working exclusively with scalar energy. I've, I left behind electricity a long time ago. Electricity really... It's quite inferior to scalar energy. And in terms of research, or like, how did this progress from Nikola Tesla's work to, you know, I think Russia was doing a lot of research. 
how has that kind of progressed over the 20th century? Where are we now? Um, are there other people doing this? You know, who's making this? Not who exactly, but there's obviously a source of people who are making these these custom machines or sources of scalar wave technology. How? And I've seen other health practitioners. It's it's kind of maybe getting a bit more popular. So maybe you could walk us through that the progression of of how that's gone over the past 120 well, years. From what I note. Nikola Tesla in 1899 built a tower in Colorado Springs, and that was the first scalar energy tower, the first scalar energy instrument. Later, he moved back to New York City. He built another scalar energy tower in Long Island, and he demonstrated that both of those were freestanding, free energy, scalar energy towers, transmitters. And notably, if you look at those towers, there's no moving parts. There's no electrical wires. Move, uh, uh, in or out of those towers. There's no electrical plant within the near vicinity. What was he doing? He captured free energy. He captured free energy. Well, since then, there's been other researchers, Moray, Khazarev, Hieronymus. Apparently, Whitaker was successful in this regard. Very few scientists have, gotten, have been able to, to arrive at the point of creating these instruments and having these instruments as a repeatable function. Very few scientists have ever been able to do that. I'm one of them. And that's because of the structure, the components, the materials. Um, <laughs> All of the above. All yeah. of the above. And, and here's the rub. If you're a good electrical engineer, wonderful. You understand electricity. You don't understand scalar. They're two yeah, that's, different. That's me. So uh, <laughs> there are two different <laughs> sciences, you know. And I, I and a lot, I've spoken to many electrical engineers, and when I tell them there's no entropy, no die-off, okay? it can be accessed from the sun and the stars, and it doesn't behave like electricity, and it's massless. There's no mass. Then you know you you leave a lot of people in the dark, pun intended, I guess. It's not electricity. So what's my point? It's a new science. You have to start from square one. I call it kindergarten or first grade. If you want to study this, you better study it at the first grade level and study up from there. And where would where would one even begin uh, to research Tesla. this? Just Tesla. from Tesla's work? Tesla. Yeah, yeah, Tesla. I studied Tesla and Hieronymus. Hieronymus is a, 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 not a well-known scientist, but I was able to meet his family, never met the inventor, and I was able to purchase instruments, hieronymous instruments. And that was really my foothold to understand this technology. I had working knowledge through an instrument. This is a, a retrofitted hieronymous instrument. So mm. keep in mind, this is generation upon generation. And the key is you have to start from scratch. And if you're willing to learn this new science from Tessa and hieronymous and then graduate level by level, you'll make advances. But you, you, can't fit, uh, you can't fit the square peg into the round hole. This is not electricity. And Hieronymus, obviously, I'm assuming is, you know, many, many years ago. What, what research has been ongoing in, in more recent times? Or is there any? Or has it been suppressed for, for good reason by centralized governments? Yeah. Very little research, Dean. And um, it has been suppressed. Let's go back 50, 60 years ago. Hieronymus was working hand-in-hand hand with the United States government. I mentioned that he worked with NASA, and he was monitoring the Apollo 11 
astronauts during yeah. their moonwalk. Where did that go? Nowhere. It's been stifled. So at one time, Hieronymus was working with the FDA, with, the, with NASA, with other government uh, divisions, agencies. Now, nothing. Everything went dark. Why? Because the powers that be realize that this is free energy. And the more credence that is given to this, the greater the threat of free energy upon energy, telecommunications, health, all, all fields will be impacted by this technology. So in terms of free energy, I guess, what are the impacts of, of being surrounded by scalar energy all the time? Or, you know, what, what is the difference between what we're exposed to? Say I go outside all day, every day, very connected to nature. What is the difference from doing that to having a scalar wave instrument and being exposed to that, say, on a daily basis for, you know, 30 yeah. minutes. You'll, you'll receive much more scalar energy when you walk outside under the starlight and sunlight than this instrument. This is just a, a fraction of what you'll receive. The key is I can, I can instruct this instrument. For instance, if I instruct this instrument to create riboflavin, it does so energetically. It downloads the signal of riboflavin into me. Now, how do I do that? By holding a photograph of riboflavin next to my photograph inside the instrument. Now, you can't go out in the sun and do that because you don't have a concentration of scalar energy. But you can do that in my laboratory in which there's a download of energy information into those quantum fields. Can you test that? Have you tested that, like, say, on a, a blood test or something yes. where you do absolutely nothing besides that and, you know, say you increase your vitamin D levels or riboflavin, yeah. for example? But many people have done that with us, and they said that this isn't by way of blood panels before and after. Uh, the, the markers are, are enhanced, that they show that, that, yes, there is some nutritional value to this. Others simply say that their fingernails are stronger or their complexion, their facial complexion improves, or that um, they're growing hair. Uh, this is sprouted new hair. So how does that happen? Well, we're energetically delivering vitamins and minerals. Okay. So that, that to me, the summary is that you can get this information, this energy from the sunlight, and that's also another reason to go outside, like – all the time, but this is a more directed and more specific yes. targeting of scalar energy. That's if correct. If you have one of these instruments. Yeah. Okay. The key to my work right now is this, to make it flawless, and I mean that. If I have a photograph of a vitamin, or if I have a photograph of, say, dopamine, the instrument will always duplicate this molecular structure. If I place my photograph side-by-side side dopamine, that's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get – I will receive the signal, the scalar energy signal of dopamine. Working with a photograph is what? A source of light. Mm -hmm. My photograph is a source of light. Light is perfect. Dopamine, a photograph of dopamine is a source of light. Light is perfect. Perfect light, sharing with perfect light never makes a mistake. So fundamentally, 
if you were exposed to more scalar energy, for example, would you need to have less food and less Correct. everything else in terms of inputs? Um, is this uh, something that if you had yes. an abundant source of, you could technically you know, defy aging and, and live forever? Um, yes. is, is that in the realm of possibility? And if so, why has no one done that? Yeah, yeah. it is possible. And, and we're seeing that. And many people who sign up for our program tell us that they miss a meal because they're not hungry because they're, re- they're receiving by way of energy mm-hmm. the vitamins that they need or the neurotransmitters that they need. So what's the point? We are now beyond the physical. Remember, this is all non-physical. If I can deliver a vitamin through non-physical communication, That's what the body needs, whether it's physical food or non-physical communication. I receive my nutrients from non-physical communication. Per se, I do not take a multivitamin. I don't dissuade people from taking a a, a multivitamin, but I don't need one. So there's two ways of getting our, our nutrition, food, the physical sense, or non physical information through vitamins, minerals, etc. And I'm assuming it works the same, you know, the B vitamins, for example, are people don't know that actually most B vitamins are produced in the gut and, you know, you're holding up dopamine and things like serotonin, it's all produced in our, our microbiome. Is it the sim, similar sort of mechanism? Is it communicating, say, to the gut microbiome produce more or is it just producing it? Um, in another way or, or just giving that information? Like how is the mechanism this is, working? This is what I theorize. So I'm going to hold up riboflavin. Yeah. And then I'm going to flip over the molecular structure of riboflavin. So when I place this photograph next to my photograph inside the instrument, what happens is that molecular formula is assembled inside my body, riboflavin. So this is geometry. Scale energy will take the carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, put it into the molecular state, into the molecular formula of riboflavin. So this photograph will create that transmutation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, just, we're, just curious. We're, create, we're, we're rearranging matter. See, this is the key to my research. It's massless. The matter already exists. I simply rearrange the elements and the proteins in the body. Yeah, so you still need the biomass to execute this. And, and that's yes. the argument of folks that we've had on, you know, Dr. Arturo Herrera, who's big on melanin being a, an energy source um, from light. And, and maybe melanin can absorb scalar energy, and, and that's a fundamental mechanism. But his argument is that the biomass from food is just giving the building blocks. It's not supplying the actual energy. It's just the building blocks for, for what needs to be used in our biology. I, I'm going to say this. Everybody, every organism, person, plant, animal, experiences this type of transmutation. We don't realize it because we don't realize that scalar energy, we're made of scalar energy. This is why some people don't need to eat much. They receive their energy from the nutrients, from the sun, from the stars. This is why many people who start on our program start to miss a meal. They're no longer hungry. I usually only eat two meals a day. Why? Throughout the day, I'm assembling 
nutrients and natural foods inside of me. I have a natural foods program in which I can assemble lettuce and other foods all energetically. So I finally have the nutritional balance that my body needs and I'm no longer hungry. So this is a trigger point. People say I'm not hungry, so I don't eat. So they lose weight. Why? Because they're receiving the necessary nutrients by way of energy in their quantum field. It's a new science. We're, we're beyond just blood and tissue and, and, and heart and muscle. We're going into non-physical health. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally on board with everything you're saying from the light perspective. It's more so just bridging that gap from just, yeah, uh, the photoelectric effect and, and electromagnetism to scalar. But it's the same principles, really. I mean, if you go outside all day and you're in the sun, you don't get as hungry. Um, and then that you're can right. be for whatever reason, but that that's for sure true. And the more energy you have from the sun, the less you need from, from food. And that's why we see these seasonal changes as well. And depending on your skin type and, you know, what your body's designed to do, I think that that does matter um, a lot. So how many folks are, are practicing this sort of scalar technology? Because I've, again, I've heard a few things. I had some friends who actually went into a room that had it and they said it was a profound experience and yeah, I'm curious, you know, is, is this becoming a very popular growing field? Yes. Yes, it is. And in five years, you're going to see this as an exploding field as, as a, a field of great potential. People finally realize that there are two energies and there's a much better energy than that of electricity. There's a better dimension than the dimension that we live in. So Tesla was right. Tessa tried to introduce free energy, what he called radiant energy to the world. We're catching up to Tesla. This is very real. You're going to hear of many researchers, many inventors who are working with scalar energy in the future. It has to be that way. It, I, it, we have to bring forward a, a working knowledge for the general public. So what has held everything back for so long? Is it just the government suppression of yes, this information? Yes. yes, yes. The day Nikola Tesla died, the United States federal government raided his office and took his plans, took his notes. We've never seen any of that. Why? What's the point? If, if these inventions help us, why not help us? Why, why seize Tesla's lifetime of work? What's the point? Suppression. So do you think they've reverse engineered this technology and now have this, you know, up their sleeve to use? They're using it for training, you know, people like what, what do you theorize in, in that regard? Uh, if, if they followed Tesla's notes correctly, then they've recreated his instruments. Okay? I don't think they're smart enough to, to do it on their own. But if the U.S. government has seized his notes and his equipment, I think that that's the head start that they need. And is this something that could be used both positively and negatively or, yeah, you know, as yeah. a weapon potentially? Um, I know there's a lot of theories around that and Antarctica, that, all that's that my great, Tristan, that's my grave concern, my grave concern, that with great power, the power of a star, you could use this inappropriately. This is why I'll never sell my instruments and as much what I know about Scalar that I will not divulge. And 
you know, how challenging, or I guess, how are other health practitioners, yeah, acquiring uh, this type of technology? Are there people building it? Are there, you know, people that are kind of gatekeeping it, but open to sharing and kind of giving you a head start, telling you to figure out the rest? Uh, I'm just curious. I, I think there's many other practitioners who, who are trying to build instruments like this. How successful they are, I don't know. Mm. Nobody, I've never had one group approach me and say, I'd like to work with you closely. That's not the case. And one of the reasons is there's no money in this. This is a new science. How do you make money at this? How, how can you sustain yourself? So for the record, as of, as of this recording, I'm not working with anybody. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally in general, if you get people better, then you're, it's a pretty bad business model um, overall. And yeah. I've realized that as well. And that's why I was like, you know, apprehensive yeah. to get into the health practitioner, health consulting space. But, you know, there's so many people that are, are sick out there. So there's the business model works because there's that many people to heal. But you hope that, you know, you could get them on the right track in a very short amount of time if they take these fundamental steps. So yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, I guess that's a lot of conspiracy theories that people have about what is it, the H A R P weapon. Um, right. and just in general, I've, I've seen some videos. I'm not like huge into this, but I wouldn't be surprised. And I did know about Tesla's work just being yeah, kind of confiscated and, and locked up. As if, you know, like Da Vinci with in the in the Vatican and all, all this other Renaissance material that we don't even really know. There seems to be a lot of secrets in the world that perhaps the public is better off not knowing. Maybe that's the thought. But then that goes back to something that has become really popular as of late, and that's the ancient civilizations. That's the history of humanity. And that, you know, there's pyramids and every ancient civilization that was a really cornerstone. They're all, you know, galactically aligned. Do you think that they had this figured out? Do you think that they were using scalar technology or scalar wave energy? Let me say this. Many of the pyramids and obelisks um, that were built centuries ago harness scalar energy through if you will, they're passive scale energy receivers. And so this is not a new science. Sadly, it's a new science for, for this generation because we've not followed up on it. And it has been suppressed very quickly. Tesla at one time was being financed by J.P. Morgan and the Rockefellers. After J.P. Morgan and the Rockefellers figured out that he was working with free energy, they wouldn't give him a penny. They actually worked against him because they knew that free energy would, would end their domination of the monopolies. Are you interested in 100% grass-fed, grass-finished bison meat? I'm excited to be a partner with Falls Family Ranches. Based in Wyoming, Falls Family Ranches is raising high-quality bison meat the way nature intended. As a native large ruminant of North America, bison is one of the most nutrient-dense foods you can consume. If you're interested in trying out their bison boxes, use code TRISTAN, T-R-I-S-T-A-N, 10, for 10% off your first order. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's yeah the profiteering that's going on, the centralized mess that's going on. 
that's why this is so fascinating because nature is truly decentralized. Um, it's uh, abundant for all. It's accessible. It's free. So it's interesting to think about how this will develop, but I think we're just going to continue to have this separation. And with the age of information that we're in, you know, it's just a matter of time before more and more people figure this out. They try these things and, you know, there'll be this divide, but you know, that's what we're all about here is talking about kind of the fringe stuff and, and it all comes back to money. That's why we're a big fan of, of Bitcoin as well. But yeah, the ancient civilizations really that that's so interesting because it is something that does make a lot of sense. And, you know, it's people like Graham Hancock are always talking about that. And have you discussed this stuff with with people of that realm in general? Who who is open to this? Who is closed minded? Are there any physicists like legit studying this that are like oh or studying that are open to to this or is it very very no, very closed-minded not on the university level i don't know why i'm a public figure i have a youtube channel i i don't in no way do i hide my work you know and i also place on my website various pcr tests i'm going to share this with your audience here's a pcr test of a woman who signed up for our session after she worked with us by way of her photograph she claims that she doesn't have any viral load for herpes, negative. Now, we have so many test results like this. Here's one for Borrelia, for Dorfery. Here's a PCR test for Epstein-Barr. So what am I getting at? People send us their test results. And those test results tell a story that people, for some reason, no longer have a viral load for various viral infections. Here's one for herpes. I place these on my website. In plain day. Why isn't why isn't this headline news? What why the suppression? I think you hit it on the head. It's money. It's power. It's money. It's about money. Well, maybe maybe we can do an experiment. What what would be something that that we could we could test? Um, I people don't know, who people have her- conditions. People have herpes one. Why herpes one actually is oral herpes is a relatively common viral infection. Most adults in the world have it, and it's incurable. Well, have people sign up for our sessions. After they sign up, tell them to get a PCR test for for herpes, and let's see if they no longer have any viral load. As many of our clients have attested, it's not my remark, it's from our clients, they say, no longer do I have a viral load for herpes. The proof is in the pudding. This, This is the pudding. How about more severe things like diabetes, cancer? I can't. This also, I can't work with diabetes. My my uh, prominent work now is with microbes, germs, germs. Okay. Why is that? Just what you found that that works in that terms works. Yes. That, That's what so works. bacteria based or yeah. And I'll tell you why. If I have a photograph of herpes. A photograph, which is the light interpretation, and I match it up with my photograph, there's quantum entanglement, quantum communication. That photograph of herpes will guarantee that I can find herpes in my quantum field mm-hmm. and destroy it. The photograph never makes mistakes. This is why I work with photographs. It's flawless. There's no human reasoning. 
but that and that's okay that's interesting yeah i was just thinking of like thomas cowan saying that like viruses aren't real um so i don't know if that would fit in here but um you couldn't take a picture of you know a tumor it would have to be like that specific thing i think cancer is going to be a different approach i think i need a much stronger instrument i need to correct the dna you need to correct the mutation it's a base Mm. pair that's mutated you need to correct the mutated base pair Okay, so so you find the most success for for infections and, and viruses, yes. and then just overall yeah. vitamins and minerals and yes, deficiencies that, like that. That's correct. That's the that's the extent of my research. Now, I hope to be able to broaden it into cancer research. I've tried it. I I don't have the cure for cancer. I wish I did. Well, at least you're honest. So maybe we'll have to get a blood panel of something and uh do a little test if anyone listening to this wants to be uh if you have very low vitamin d for example maybe we we could try that and um do a little little test uh as an experiment to try and push this out there see if you know confident it works and uh yeah get more people exposed to it but yeah i think this stuff it's fascinating you know it's it's hard to have a really strong opinion on it again i'm very open to stuff like this very open to the fact that we are quantum uh coherent beings of our universe we are designed to thrive on the earth and i guess my last questions here is how do you think our modern lifestyle has interrupted our ability to download or to be exposed to scalar energy because if it's the yeah. same again the same thought process of electromagnetism we're just not connected anymore and this is a big problem yeah that's a great question this is natural energy from the sun and the stars accept it work with it the brain works on scalar waves a brain wave the speed of thought is the speed of scalar energy which is instantaneous So our mind, our brain, our heart, our emotions are scalar vessels. The mind, the brain, the heart are scalar vessels. They have to be. How do they receive instructions? It has to be from scalar energy. So we are composed, we are programmed by scalar energy. This is not a foreign topic. But sadly, the one world order wants to make this arcane and hidden. Everybody has a scalar mind and a scalar heart. So let's let's do away with that suppression and embrace the light. So get outside more. Is is yeah. the earth the source? Like you know, <laughs> if, if grounding, like if you're connected to the earth, is the plant life I, illuminating scalar? Is that all part of it? I, I advocate grounding. I live in Florida and I can walk barefoot outside, and I do. And grounding is where you, if there's really an uptake of, of electrons, and you balance mm-hmm. the electrons. So. Does it work? I think it works. Many people attest to it. And once again, you're going back to nature. And if you're going to walk on the earth, which is natural, will that help you? It helps many people. Now, obviously, you want to do it where where the land is not strewn with bottles and and shards of glass, etc. So what's the point? This is 100% natural. Again, this is massless. There's no chemical discharge. There's no chemical die-off. There's no carbon footprint. 
working with the energy of the, the sun and the stars, this divine energy can only help. Well, there you have it, folks. The different modality, the different energy completely, but the same recommendations, really, um, which I'm aligned with. So, Tom, I appreciate you sharing all this. Um, I'm curious to hear the feedback. Again, I'm, I'm going to be doing some more research. You're offering everybody a free 15 to 30-minute session, right? That's correct. Now go to the website, scalarlight.com. Anybody in the world can sign up. We'll treat you for free for 15 days. Okay. So there you have it, folks. If you're skeptical like myself, uh, I'm going to try and see what, see what happens and maybe pick out something very deliberate. But again, the, uh, the powers that be are definitely suppressing something from us. And I think this aligns very well with kind of just a decentralized frame of, of mind. And it's up to you to decide whether that's helpful for your lifestyle, whether this is something you want to look into further. But overall, you know, get outside, get connected, and you're going to be feeling a lot better. So scalarlight.com. Um, check out Tom's work. He has a YouTube channel as well if you want to learn more. Dive into some Tesla OG stuff if you can uncover it. Is there a good source for that? Like that's not really the cringe, like some <laughs> actually authentic Tesla work. There's a, a book that I recommend, Tesla's Notes from 1899 when he was in Colorado Springs. If you really want to get into the science of it, read his textbook from 1899. There you go. Tesla's Notes from 1899. We'll have to put all this in the show note. But Tom, thank you so much for coming on. This is a fascinating discussion and uh, I'm curious to see how this all evolves. And yeah, I'm going to have to try out a session and, and see how it goes. Thank you so much. And I thank your audience for listening. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Decentralized Radio. We'll see you next time. <laughs>